Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, if you're like me, in your early 20s, the future was full of promise and life had meaning. As you completed your education, military service, or the Peace Corps, you explored possible careers where you could really make a difference. You were active in the singles dating scene where every first date might turn out to be that special one, and most of us were in excellent health and reasonably good shape. We foolishly felt like we were invincible. Financially, we had little to lose, and we were more than willing to take chances and not yet set in our ways. Uh, We were full of creativity, and new ideas came easily. But then we settled into our careers, got married, and started a family, And as the old saying goes, life happened. So how about you? Now that you're entrenched in middle age, does your life still have meaning? Personally, as I reveal in my book, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, I spent 30 years of my adult life, what I now consider sleepwalking through life, caught up in the daily grind, seeking that next promotion, raising kids, paying bills, and coaching Little League. But uh, how about you? Uh, Now that your kids are preteens or teens, maybe even out of the nest in college, military, or their first adult job, does your life still have meaning? And before you yawn and utter, so what, my next guest, author, and sought-after speaker, Bob Lichtenberg, warns bad things happen when you are starving for more meaning. And bad things like troubled relationships, career disappointments, emotional frustration, stress, and money woes, And Bob is here with insights to help you and me discover more purpose and fulfillment at any age. And here's his bio. Uh, Bob Lichtenberg has taught philosophy at various colleges for over 40 years. And since 1988, he has published a quarterly journal, The Meaning of Life, which once was the third largest philosophical journal in the USA. He specializes in reaching out to people who feel dissatisfied, burned out, or lacking in confidence and their struggles to lead meaningful lives. And he's author of the 2016 book, Making Meaning, Seeking the Most Meaningful Life. And uh, that's the first book ever to fully develop the idea of meaning. And hello, Bob Lichtenberg, and a hearty welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Thank you, Roy. Well, let's begin with the basics. How do you define the word meaning? What do we accomplish when we bring meaning into our lives or into the lives of someone else? Uh, Excellent question. The first question, when you're dealing with any highly ambiguous word like meaning, you should ask for a definition of of it. And uh, the way I define meaning is that it is just having a positive impact or affirming life in general or just... um, Doing good, if yeah, doing good, doing doing good, yes. Yeah, I like when you have a significant impact, positive impact mm-hmm. on someone else. <laughs> In other words, doing good or on yeah, something else. That's, 
Isn't that why we're here, and that the ideal is to have as good an impact as we can on others? Yeah, that's true. Isn't that what it's all about, life is all about? Yeah, that's for sure. Well, how does it benefit us to concentrate on making meaning, and why does it matter? What is at stake? Well, it benefits us because um, because we're doing we're fulfilling the, the the highest purpose that our lives can have uh, through helping others, and uh, well, it has many benefits um, for us, um, uh, but, but many for others. Um, it's a very for one thing, it's a very noble thing is to struggle to make meaning. Um, as little as the universe itself seems to care about it. <laughs> uh, but we should, you know, it's very noble to try and do that, very almost heroic. Yeah, to do that. when you're concentrating totally on yourself, it just, uh, it really doesn't, life grows stale in a hurry, but as soon as you start uh, doing something that with someone else in mind to make their lives better, that, that provides so much meaning just in itself. You start doing yes, that. that way that way you can almost double your meaning um by by uh, you know you you give meaning to somebody else's life when you help them, but you add meaning to your own life because you're well, a isn't helper that true isn't that and true that, It's like a multiplication it, effect <laughs> it is it is multiplying meaning yeah well, uh, well, in uh, when, your book you urge each of us to ask the meaning question what is this question and how should we go about asking it well uh, the question is how could I make the most meaning how I could have that most positive impact uh, with my life and everything that I do yeah uh, and we could uh, just uh, get in the habit of asking it <laughs> That's all I could recommend, try and ask you for everything you do. That's yeah, it wouldn't be it. bad to wake up <laughs> each morning and ask yourself, uh, mm-hmm. what ought my life to be about today? <laughs> right, right. Well, how much? Well, how can I make the most meaning today? And then reflect yeah. on it at night. Did I do it? Did yeah, that's most? true. Mm-hmm. That's I do that true. every day, too, every night. Well, and let's day. talk a bit about your personal search for meaning. Tell us about your life's turnaround when and how did meaning become a major explicit concern for you? I know you mentioned your uh, seeing your little son and uh, when he was an infant in the the crib. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. Uh, that incident involved. Um, uh, I was having a difficulty finding job as a professor, and um, I felt like I might. Uh, fail my uh, family, including my newborn son. I looked at him in his cradle, and uh, I just said to myself, um, I want my life to have uh, meaning. I just want my life to have meaning for him, because he has so much life in front of him. And that was that was the start of it for me. Yeah, you see that little... Uh, Un, uh, unformed piece of clay almost with his whole life ahead of him and you think boy I've got mm-hmm. to demonstrate meaning in my own life if I want my son to grow up to have meaning that, that's such a crucial right. right right so his life could have meaning you know that was <laughs> the dramatic start of that that was the first time I used the word meaning 
Mm. I think it's very important to use the word meaning uh, to focus on it uh, directly, and you'll make more meaning that way if you use the word. And it's almost never been used <laughs> uh, in the history of Western thinking. As you mentioned, yeah. you did mention that in your introduction, uh, 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 the, the idea was never fully developed, but it's certainly one we we ought to, you know, so that we can get more meaning out of our lives. Because what well, could be more than them? Uh, yeah. In your book, you explore eight possible main sources, as you call them, of life's meaning. Can you go through a few of those uh, sources, uh, places where we can yeah. find meaning? Certainly. Um, you're right to focus on that. That's, there are eight main sources in which we can make meaning. Um, there are many sources, but th- these are eight of the big ones. Uh, the first one, our first avenue of making meaning is relationships, having quality relationships, just having it with other people. Yeah, I don't, can't think of anyone having much meaning in their lives as a hermit or all by them, themselves without uh, any contact with anyone else or right. desire to help anyone else. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that would be a problem. Uh, but there's another problem with that, um, with this source, and that's uh, you could offer love to another person even, yeah. And they can respond with hatred towards you <laughs> if they want, and there's not much you could do about that, really. Yeah. You know? So you're kind of at their mercy, but most most people do respond, you know, yeah. to, um, to to overtures of love. Another source would be uh, as a, um, have, being a part of a community. A community yeah. is a group of people who are on a first name basis, and they have a common goal or two. Uh, you know, and they work together to achieve this goal. Yeah, yeah, that uh, makes the world a difference when you're part of a yeah, team. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But that has really declined in recent <laughs> years horribly. Uh, yeah, but, it's so much about me, <laughs> me, 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 me these days. <laughs> right, right. Well, so many people have to struggle just to survive financially these days. You know, the yeah. community has really declined, but it's still possible. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, third, third way of source of meaning is to find fulfilling work, and this is uh, incredibly difficult too. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so. Yes, because many jobs just need to be done. They're just things we need to survive. But we need to do. Why? Why the heck are we surviving? What are we surviving for? We need to figure this out, and uh, and and it's hard. And usually, the fulfilling jobs are the ones that don't pay much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they are fulfilling, <laughs> because they have a fulfillment in them, built into them. But yeah. uh, we we should do much more on this than we do with our young people. We 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 don't, as far as I know, don't really um, do a good job uh, guiding them vocationally. And yeah. it's a very important part of life because it's what everyone does with their most of their waking time and energy. Yeah, you know, it's such a shame when somebody yeah. just treats the job as a, a necessity, and the, you know you're always waiting for the next weekend and, or the next vacation, yeah. and then that, those pass too quickly, and then that. you're back yeah. to the grind. And the, yeah. I, I, I yeah. firmly contend you should be able to have a good time while you're earning a living, and if you're doing what you're good at and uh, have that commitment and uh, yeah. find meaning in yeah. your work, then it makes a world of difference. 
That would be ideal. Yeah, that certainly will be ideal. A fourth way of uh, fourth source of meaning is to uh, engage in what I call dialogue. This is this is mm. serious talk. So much of what we talk about is trivia, you know, uh, <laughs> and being nice socially and stuff like that. But why there's not so little about- dialogue between. <laughs> politicians and other things, you know, it's all my own perception of reality is totally different from yours, and we never seem to want to talk about uh, meeting a common ground anymore. <laughs> uh, yes, that's a problem there, but a, lot, but a lot of people just don't talk seriously or don't talk um, about more than trivia. Uh, yeah, very that's saying. very yeah. true. Hmm. I can go on with some more sources if you like. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Let's, let's. I'm only halfway through with those. Um, yeah. uh, well, um, one source of meaning is God, uh, finding God, seeking God, because he could be the biggest source of meaning if what the religions say about him is true. Yeah. You know, But that's an incredibly hard one because it is so big. Uh, that we should really, I think, seek God, seek to know God, or whether there even is a God, too. Or we should yeah, do I don't know how anyone can uh, go through life and not approach that subject. Of, uh, yeah, but, well, it's incredibly hard to get an answer, but I think we do get more clarity and little insights, you know, as we go along, if we pursue it. Yeah. We shouldn't just give it a lot of people say they can't know and they'll wait to the end, but then it's going to be too late. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and God will see you, well, you didn't sincerely look for me, you know. Yeah. Why say, you know, let's in heaven or forever, you know, if these stories are true, you know. Yeah. Uh, and one one of my personal favorite sources of meaning is the arts. Oh, yeah. Even just experiencing the arts are so imaginative and creative if they're if they have those qualities in them you know those are really the highest human faculties we're not very yeah, good either at creating art well. or even interpret you talk about interpreting art, yeah, so you don't have to be yeah. a, a painter a, a wonderful violinist no. or something to appreciate no. it if you can interpret art you get a different vision of things you get your own view you know and the artist's view yeah. Of, um, of, of a different way life could be, and that expands yourself, you know, and it furthers your imagination. You know. Well, this and next one kind of surprises me. You talk about material possessions as a, a source of <laughs> life's meaning. <laughs> I sometimes think that's a negative source of meaning. <laughs> yeah, I do kind of badmouth it, but there is no doubt that um, it is necessary. Certainly, it certainly is necessary. To have material possessions just to survive, but oh, that's true. Well, we 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 should never. No person should ever think that that's why we're surviving. That just helps us to survive, and uh, we need to do uh, more than that. And it's not very satisfying either itself. You know, uh, you come to take it for granted shortly after buying it. Studies have shown. You know. <laughs> Yeah. And then you're looking for something else to buy, and you're never, never satisfied. It's endless, you know. You see what you your neighbor's your got, and you want to up him or her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, materialism, what I call materialism, Roy, is, uh, is a big, what I call an escape for meaning. A lot of people are escaping yeah, from meaning. that's very true. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're trying not to think about it. They're trying to keep themselves busy. They're trying to keep mindless because they're afraid, I think, that there isn't much meaning, (laughs) frankly, to their lives, unfortunately. And that's a terrifying prospect. You know, a lot of people don't even want to think about it, and they don't. They don't think about it. They try to keep themselves busy with with mindless stuff and acquiring possessions and you know, they get a little out of that when they buy something, you know. But then you know, then they gotta buy something else, you know. Yeah. Well what about That's the eight the intangibles or non physical reality? Oh ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that that could be even higher than God if you could figure those out. Those are <laughs> ideas and I think they're realities too and their values like goodness, justice, beauty and truth. Yeah. If you could know just you know, a little bit about any one of those, you got a lot of meaning. You get a lot of meaning if you know what goodness is or justice. And even justice on a local level, you know, you don't have to do it for a whole country. That would be pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, just for yourself and your relationships, know what's just, know what's good, know what's beautiful, you know, and go after those. You can get a lot of meaning that way, but it takes intellectual ability and work to get there. You know, we're yeah. not very good at that, most people, <laughs> as I just said. But, but we could do it. We could do it. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. So that's yeah, well worth it. Well, you tell us that the objectivity of meaning gives external standards to judge and live by, which is certainly true. But today we only need to turn on the TV news to discover that almost everyone, including our politicians and media commentators, pretty much believe whatever they want. The so-called left and so-called right have such different views of meaning, resulting in very different perceptions of right and wrong. Why is this subjective view of meaning and reality both dangerously chaotic and wrong, as you put it? Oh, excellent question again. It's because people think, you know, whatever you find meaningful is meaningful to you. And, of course, it is in a sense, but it's not a very important sense. That's just something you like. You Yeah, you think yeah. because you believe it, someone else should believe it. <laughs> yeah, or you don't care as long as you got yeah, meanings. You too. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, if you got your meanings, uh, I don't care about others. I can't do anything for them. But, but it's, uh, you know, a lot of people think meaning's totally subjective, but that can't be right. And we, sh- I don't think we should emphasize that at all because. No. Uh, because then anyone can believe what they want, and we That's could be wrong. That's what gets us in so much trouble. <laughs> it does. It could get us in But mostly it just lets us be complacent and mediocre and just say, yeah. well, I, you know, I find things meaningful, and, and the family is all the meaning I could handle. Yeah. Because there's so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to get along with people, you know, even family. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll tend to just stay with that. And, but uh, I, I feel a little sad when I think right about how how little meaning people have because they think of it subjectively. It's really objective. It's really out there in the world. It's hard for people to conceive of hmm. and think about. But it, it really is. There is meaning we could find and we discover. And we make some, but I think we mostly need to find it in all the different sources that I've I've been talking about just now. (laughs) Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about your remarkable 2016 book, Making Meaning, Seeking the Most Meaningful Life. Who is your book principally intended for? Do I have to be an ardent student of philosophy to benefit, or uh, can a practical meat-and-potato layperson like me also benefit from reading it? 
Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I aim, aim the book at what I call the tippers of this world, the typical persons, and my abbreviation for that is tipper, and not for the philosophers. No, no they're not interested anyway. They, do, they just want to analyze words, you know. They don't think there is a meaning in life for that. We could know it. They gave up on that before they started. <laughs> no, long ago they <laughs> They give up on looking for such big things, you know, because yeah. what if someone disagrees, they don't know how to handle that. By the way, there is a good way to handle disagreements. It's called logic, and it's not well known, yeah. but it does give rules for thinking, and you can, can apply it to um, <clears throat> to all our thinking. It does guide our thinking somewhat. It is a help, and it can can tell us right from wrong, good from bad thinking. You know, it really can. But let's see, I'm getting away from your question. Uh, what was your question again? Uh, oh, who's the book for? It's not for philosophers. Cause yeah, that's great. Well, if there was one that, message you would like the typical reader to take away from your book, what would it be? Oh, wow, I haven't thought of that. Um, I should, though. I should have thought of that. <laughs> Try to make as the most positive impact that you can with your life. You know? Yeah, that, that's uh, a simple philosophy that all of us, if all of us followed, <laughs> we'd have a lot less disagreement and a lot better living. Uh, where's the best place listeners should go to preview and purchase your book? Um, well, contact me or my publishers. Uh, it's soon going to be in books. Uh, more bookstores and libraries, but I guess my publisher or me is the best place. To well, you can also go on Amazon. I know I found it there. So to... yeah. Oh, did you? Amazon. Yeah, it was mm -hmm, right sure. there. And uh, mm -hmm. just look up making, making meaning, meaning, seeking the most mm -hmm. meaningful life, and it shows yeah, right up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Now, give us your website when people can learn more about you and uh, what you offer. I know you have a website. Oh yeah, I'm not. It was. Uh, I think it's. Um, I'm not sure. How about makingmeaning-lichtenbergbooks.com? That's where I found you. <laughs> you know it better than I do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's that's it's right. making meaning and then a dash and then l i c h t e n b e r t books.com. So mm -hmm. yeah, sure they, yes, they can look it. your. Yeah, uh, Amazon.com, probably simpler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, in the conclusion, as living, breathing, intelligent human beings, every one of us needs meaning in our lives. Otherwise, we may as well be a dog, a mouse, or any other ignorant animal species. And each and every one of us has been placed on Earth to fulfill a destiny. Yet I fear so many of us get so wrapped up in the day-to-day, -day, so overwhelmed with the mundane, that we never fulfill that destiny. And sadly, many of us don't even discover what that destiny is. And remember Bob Lichtenberg's definition of meaning, a positive impact on someone or something else, and here's a plan, review and purchase Bob's book. Uh, that's uh, What's the name of that book again? Making Meaning. Making Meaning, yeah. And uh, then seek to make your, find your own meaning, then make meaning for someone else, someone near or far away, whoever. And thanks so much, Bob Lichtenberg, for joining us today. And uh, let's hope that we all go out and find a lot of meaning <laughs> this very day. Yes, let's hope we all can... Find meaning and make meaning. Thank you very much. Thank Bye you, sir. Bye-bye for now. I commend you on your taste. Bye. Well, I want to thank uh, guest Bob Lichtenberg for his inspiring message 
on the importance of meaning in our lives. And if you're like me, I'm certain you're all too aware of how hollow, joyless, and uninspiring life can become when you lose sight of your goals, your ideals, and the person you were placed upon earth to be. You know, I've been there and done that. I I went sleepwalking through my adult life for some 30 years. And uh, every one of us, uh, I now discover or know, can contribute value to others while we earn a living and have a great time doing so. And today, my only regret is that I didn't uh, wake up to life sooner and realize this. And in my first book and on this program, we refer to it as Midlife Renewal. And isn't it about time you set your internal compass and begin to visualize a joyful, purposeful uh, journey to life's intended destination with you in control? And that's so crucial. Uh, Happiness cannot be dependent on anyone else. Obviously, if you love someone, they bring happiness into your life, but uh, you're not going to find it without your own personal involvement. And I guarantee that uh, midlife renewal is worth every moment of effort. But let's face the facts. Life happens, as they put it. In today's harsh reality of constant change, 24-7 connectivity, I wonder if that uh, Internet and uh, those smartphones are all that great an idea. Conflict all around us and looming deadlines, responsibilities, and concerns for the future Do any of us really have the time and energy to search for meaning, affirm our destiny, and launch our journey to a joyful future? Well, when you think about it, you can't afford not to. Do you want to spend the next 40 or 50 years drifting through life, unhappy and unfulfilled, only on your deathbed to utter, I could have been? You know, I hear excuses all the time from folks who are less than satisfied with their life today but are unable or unwilling uh, to make an effort to change. And let's talk about a few of the common excuses and why in the end they make little, if any, sense at all. Here's old excuse number one. Now just isn't a good time for renewal. I'm just too busy right now. And the first most obvious question to ask yourself um, if you have this excuse is, if not now, when? And a second equally relevant question is, pray tell, what is, most, what is more important to me than restoring joy and a sense of purpose and direction to my life? You know, uh, we were not placed on this earth to be miserable. None of us were. So here's your solution. First, commit yourself to making time now to visualize a brighter future with you in charge. This appointment with yourself is just as important as an appointment you make with your doctor or a business associate. Second, make it known to spouse, offspring, trusted friends, and perhaps even business associates that you're not real happy with where you are today and you're going to take time out away from normal duties to establish firm, positive priorities for the future, and it will be much better for you and for them when you do so. And then enter each week with specific blocks of time dedicated to self-examination and renewal. Reflect in a quiet place where you will not be disturbed. Absolutely no tablets or smartphones in the room. And in the initial stages, you must be alone because you'll ask for advice and counsel from loved ones later. But uh, first, we have to reflect on where we are today and establish as an initial goal to take small steps each day to remove the clutter 
and to concentrate on what's important. <coughs> Excuse me. Promise to keep your loved ones and other significant others informed of progress. And I mean, you need to show them that you're making progress, not just state that uh, things are great <laughs> and that you're uh, on other people's side to get things done. You have to prove it through your actions. Let's move on to excuse number two. I've got to earn a living. I simply don't have the financial resources to be and do as I please. Well, we all know you have to earn a living, but you don't have to be wealthy to be joyful and fulfilled because once folks like you and me are able to uh, supply our basic needs for ourselves and our loved ones, there is very little correlation studies have shown between marital uh, material possessions and the joy of living. Marital as well, maybe. <laughs> and second, I'm not telling you right now to quit your job, even if you dread going to work each morning. You can and should, however, take an extended mental vacation from the stress and pressures of your job or small business. And this is possible, believe it or not, while you remain on the job, and my book tells you how. As a first step, please confirm to yourself that your ultimate goal is not just career makeover, but total fulfillment as a balanced, well-rounded adult. Your value as a person is not defined simply by what you do for a living. And the next steps are to visualize the future and how wonderful it will be once you spend the bulk of your time providing value and uh, getting someone to pay you for doing what you're good at and really enjoy. And then the final step is to match your talents and desires with jobs that are out there or to an entrepreneurial venture that you yourself have created and initiated. And once you emerge your strength with opportunity and love what you're doing, more than adequate financial reward inevitably will follow. And let's turn to excuse number three, my life will change when, <laughs> the famous when, probably the most harmful of all procrastination excuses, because when seldom if ever seems to arrive, and if and when it does, it simply is replaced by another when. <laughs> Isn't that the case? The bottom line, midlife renewal is an inside job, and you should uh, never be dependent upon faith, good fortunes, or the initiative of someone else. Your purpose and a positive outlook on life is under your ultimate control, regardless of present circumstances. So please never use bad luck, others' bad actions, or uh, intentions or mistakes you made in the past as an excuse, because more often than not, uh, the ultimate outcome from a series of wins in your life is a mournful if only. And let's talk about one more excuse, and excuse number four, God will change me if it's God's will. You know, the basic tenet of all of the world's great religions is a renewed and strengthened union between the union soul and God, Allah, the universal consciousness, whatever you might call it, as that uh, divine being. And if, like me, you uh, believe in a supreme being, characterized by love and active in human affairs it makes total sense to pray to god for guidance in seeking your destiny and renewing your life and venture forward with god but it makes absolutely no sense to sit back and wait for god to do all the work god has created each one of us with a capacity for free will and with talents and capabilities almost beyond our imagination 
However, it's up to us to tap into all those talents and listen in silence and meditation for God's inspiration. But once God passes you the baton, it's up to you to run forward with renewed positive energy and purpose to win the race. And I've covered four common excuses for not taking responsibility for your own life from this day forward. And yes, we all know that bad things sometimes happen to good people. But once you define your life's destiny, your true North Star, you will begin routinely facing the future, good times and bad, with purpose and a bright new positive outlook on both the present and your journey into the future. And I'll be back with some additional popular excuses for remaining stuck on a future program. In the interim, you can review and uh, overcome a whole series of excuses for avoiding midlife renewal in my book, uh, Midlife Challenge, Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. You'll find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or on our website, www.middleagerenewal.com. And that's our program for today. Tune in for our next program when my guest will tell you why living happier may be easier than you think. And we'll talk to you then. In the meantime, let's all go out and enjoy today. Remember, you'll never have another one exactly like it. Goodbye for now from Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 